Hey, this is Michelle. On today's podcast, we are talking with Frederick, our systems designer and window treatment expert here at Sound Vision. We learned some things about Frederick that we did not already know. Welcome to Simplifying Life Through Technology with Sound Vision. With us today is Frederick Laterer. Thank you. So, Frederick, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, my name is Frederick Later. I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. I went to College of Ringling School of Art and Design in Sarasota, Florida, part of the Ringling Brothers. I was just going to say, did they have a circus like track? They donated all the funds to start the college back in the 40s. John oh, Label Ringling. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. So if you've ever gone to Sarasota, they've got a big, beautiful mansion, Ringling Mansion. We had a lot of studies there. Beautiful. Were there any animals? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Seriously? That's where I learned to type rope. All right. So (laughs) you're down in Sarasota. You graduated from the- Graduated from college with a degree in graphic design, minor in photography, and a minor in interior design. Did they have graphic design back then? They did, Michelle, before computers. Yes. Thank you for bringing that to everyone's attention. When the world was in black and white. When was that approximately? That was in the year of 1983, dear. 1983. Wow. Yes. So how did you get to Charlotte? Isn't Cincinnati also called the Queen City? They're is that both right? the Queen City. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That is correct. So I got through Charlotte via several different states. My wife was from Asheville, so we decided to move to Charlotte, which we loved, living at Lake Norman. I have two daughters, Zoe, who's 25, and a creative director, and... Chelsea, who is 33, and she is a producer at a photography studio. And they're both in Atlanta, right? They're both in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool ages. I'm not an Atlanta fan, but very cool ages to live down there. I love it. Outstanding. So, Michelle. So, Frederick, tell us a little bit about just your background. What did you do with that graphic design? I started early on at the University of Louisville with their student productions and photography. Then I went on to live at the coast and I was a creative director for the golf holiday coast where I'm sorry, South Carolina and where Myrtle beach. Oh, I didn't know this either. You lived in Myrtle beach. I did. Where? Like Surfside. Oh, down South. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So we were the only agency in Myrtle beach, South Carolina. Even when you drove into Myrtle beach and the big green sign, it says, welcome Myrtle beach. That is my handwriting. Is it really? Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. It is. Oh, my God. That is so cool. And if you go to Blowing Rock, the opposite way into the mountains, and you say, welcome to Blowing Rock, that is also my handwriting. Wow, that is That's neat. That's crazy. Okay, so. And on all the doors up in Blowing Rock, they've got a sticker, and it goes back way back into the 80s, and there's a little drawing of the town, welcome to Blowing Rock, and a drawing. That's also my drawing. Well, see, we learned something new on these podcasts. That's why we do these. So, all right, very cool. So you really did do some graphic design. So you're down at the beach. At the beach. Then actually we came here. I worked for a company in Statesville, North Carolina, where I was creative director and oversaw 26 salespeople across the country. And who was that with? That was with the Tharp company. We were a service recognition company in advertising. 
What is service recognition? Service mean? recognition is if you've been with your company for so many years, you get some type of an award. Oh, okay. Ooh. You were the guys that uh, gave the brochures for pens. and Right. But no, we gave jewelry all over from Italy. It's sculptures. We were very high end. So our accounts were Bank of America, Wachovia, large corporations throughout the country. Okay. Very nice. So you're in advertising and marketing. Advertising and marketing. Okay. So- I also won several awards in advertising and marketing. My biggest achievement was I won third place out of 72 countries for a print radio and TV spot for Cherokee, North Carolina. <laughs> okay. So I was then, very proud of that. Yeah. That's awesome. like, I was That's flown amazing. to Miami, Florida, where they had the awards for advertising yeah. throughout the country. And we had several international people there and I was presented with third place. For those of you wondering, because we didn't mention it, Frederick is part of our marketing team here. So then how did you make the transition? Like, where'd you go from there? The transition, I was director of photography for Lowe's Corporate. We had six studios across the country, oversaw between 350 to 450 shots a week. That was for all of our vendors and for Lowe's and for the inside stores and the outside mailers. You manage those when you would go on site. Like, what was your job on site? My job was, say, for instance, I rented the Biltmore State for a week. Okay. So my job was to create all the looks for the photography. I oversaw the studios. The studios would drive in with their tractor trailers, all the photographers, all the setup crew, and I would direct on how I wanted each shot created. Seems like a kind of a jump from that to working with window treatments. and. Well, I've always done interiors because that was my minor, and I've done interiors for over 30 years. And when Lowe's gig was up, I decided to open two retail stores, opened the Furniture Forum in Mooresville and South End Home in South End Charlotte. Okay. And I also opened South End Gallery. So I had an art gallery and two retail stores. That seems pretty ambitious. It was very ambitious. (laughs) And it was a lot of fun. And what I did was I worked with builders, completing their process with their clients. And then I had the two retail stores. So we did everything from accessories to art to furnishings, to complete home design. And that's how I got into interiors. So it wasn't just furniture, it was like full interiors. Full interiors, yes. You know what? That deserves some applause because that's pretty impressive. I told you, Michelle thought this was going to be boring. Are you kidding me? This kid is like (laughs) And that lasted nine years. Nine years. Nine years, yes. Then where did you go from there? Then I went to work for my competition. And he had three stores and we were doing fantastic and it was very enjoyable. He decided to close his stores. And one day I looked up and Michelle was standing there with her hair aglow and a big smile on her face. And I was trying to sell you office furniture. Yes, that is true. Frederick. (laughs) There she is. That's exactly what I heard when I saw her. That sound for those of you that don't know is what plays when Michelle walks in the door every morning. Every time we look up. Yeah, that's not really. So Michelle actually recruited you. She did recruit me. I remember her coming in and being very excited. So you've been with us for... For a year and four months. Okay. So I have tried to immerse myself into the audiovisual, which I absolutely love. It's very interesting. I love the design of it, the systematic, and all the people who play a part in it here at SoundVision. From designing to the text to the installation, it's, it's incredible. And it's the product is incredible that we sell. Our clients 
end up with a great home that brings them happiness and joy and, and allows them to live a, a lifestyle. So tell me specifically, we've got you kind of uh, moved into a very unique space, something that we've been working on for quite a while and, and have you kind of taken us to the next level? What would that be? So now I am going to oversee the Shade Vision and Shade Vision will bring a couple different products. One is Lutron, automated shades, window coverings, and we also have Hunter Douglas, which is an array of fabrics, also automated or manual. And so I know that we've, for a couple of years now, we've sold shades. Correct. But that's one component of it. Am I correct? That is. Now we have a ton of other options we that we show and have the ability to both design and install it. Maybe you can go over some of the different options of window treatments that we have in our expansive shade room. Shading is a part of lighting. It's how you control the light coming into your home. Okay. Or going out of your home. Okay. It just depends on interior, exterior. Shades are very important by controlling the lighting and protecting your furniture and your floors. Yeah, actually go into that a little bit because I know that we we just talk about it as blocking light from coming in. Right. But it, but it does right. a lot more than that. So with shading, that opens up the whole facet of, is it a blackout shade? Is it a percentage of a shade? Does it allow you to see through it? Is it transparent? Is it opaque? There's so many different facets of these shades. And that also brings us into automated rails for your drapery. So why would someone choose something that is opaque or something that you can't see through versus something that is translucent and you can see through it? Well, it just depends on the particular area of your home. So if it's in a bathroom, you obviously want something that's opaque so you can't see through it. But the opaque will allow light to shine through, but visually you can't see through it. A blackout takes all the light out. So you can't see out or you cannot see in. And you were talking about before, like furniture and floors. And w- what do you mean by that? So as the sun rises, comes overhead and then sets at different times of the year, obviously it's very hot, but it can dry out your furniture, your floors. If you have leather, it can spot it. So with shading, it decreases the amount of sunlight and the harmful rays on your floor and your furniture. Michelle, is this salesperson trying to tell us that shades can actually save floors, furniture, and therefore money? I can't believe it, Michelle. It seems like he is. And there's also an energy efficiency component to it as well when you're trying to keep the heat out and regulate your electricity bills. Keep the heat out and keep the cool in. Exactly. So it works both ways. That's pretty cool. So what options other than, you know, I just knew growing up, all I had was the shade with the little pull down string in the middle, you know, where you had, you pulled the thing down. So now you have different options. You have manual, you have bottom up, which means it's attached to the top of the window frame and you push the bottom up or pull it up. You have top down, which means it's still attached, but it's on small rails and you can push the top down. So you have privacy at the bottom of the window, but light coming in the top. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And then you have automated shades, either battery or wired. And you press the button or set a scene and it rises and closes. So it can literally close based on time of day or temperature or an alarm setting or is that it right? Can. Yes. You can run it through your home system or you can do it individually. Or if you have a group of shades, They'll run on the same system at once. 
So if you have three shades in a row, they'll go up and down together, or you can do them individually. So if you have light coming across the room, then you might want one shade open, another shade closed. Very cool. Depending on what you need. And I know we have this room back here that we devoted to window treatments, and we got a bunch of different styles, things like Roman shades. And what are some of the versions other than just a generic pull down? I think silhouette. So, oh yeah, silhouette. 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 We also have the drapery, the automated drapery rods in the theater as well. Which Frederick was just remarking about. And the automated drapery rods are awesome. They're so fluid and it's magical in your room when you see it. We just did a home on the lake. Beautiful, beautiful home. And five rooms we did drapery. You walk in the room, it will open automatically. It will close. It's set to a scene. Or you can do it manually. Um, With the drapery rods, the window treatments could still be done through an interior designer. Or how does that work as far as getting the drapery to integrate with the rod? So what you have to do is you pick a style of fabric with the weight. A drapery is either a sheer or it's opaque. And that means it has a interfacing, interlining, and then a lining. And you have to go by the weight of the fabric for the rail system, mm-hmm. for the rod. And then you pick, a, you pick a different top treatment. So you have different pleats. Oh, a different pleat style. Yes. That's attached. And you attach the pleat above the rail or the rod. So you don't actually see the rod when it's fully closed. You see it when it's open, but it's very thin. Frederick, you yes. just mentioned that, or actually I think Michelle mentioned that we do work with designers. So give us an idea of how that relationship works, whether a designer brings someone to us or maybe it's vice versa where we're bringing someone to them. So Frederick, the project that you just completed on the lake area that you were touching on, who was the interior designer on that job? We worked with Star Miller Interior Design. The designer and I met with the client, got an understanding of what she was looking for. Designer called me to come out, meet with the client. Decide what she needed and measure the... the, the, the who who the, picked the fabrics no. in that case? Like, did you do the design Let's of the fabrics or did the designer pick the fabrics and then say, hey, this is what we're using? How did that work exactly? So the way it starts, we go out, we measure, we get an understanding of the length. These were very long. They were probably 156 inches in length. Oh my gosh. So the stabilization of the... Rod is very important, mm. and the stack back of the fabric is extremely important. What does stack back, back mean? means? If it opens in the middle, you've got panels going to the left and to the right. Oh, yeah, sure. That's and cool. yeah. that puts a lot of weight and a lot of stress on the system. So you have to make sure that you've yeah, so, everything so is correct. Basically, when it's closed, the weight is evenly distributed evenly across distributed. the whole rod. But when it's correct. open on the ends where the stack back is, there's a lot of weight, and it kind of is almost like a seesaw. That's true. Okay, very cool. Very good analogy there. Very cool. So the designer picked the fabrics. We worked with the workroom who creates the the drapery panels themselves. And then they were delivered. We installed the rods and the system to automate them. And then the designer hung the fabrics. And And the client was extremely happy. And is it fair to say that the drapery hanging drapes... And shades can be used in conjunction, so it's not necessarily like an either-or. They can. You can layer them. You can create all different looks. A lot of people use panels that go from floor to ceiling to create height in the room. 
Oh, but, that's cool. And then they can put the shading behind them to give you another layer. Yeah. So one more question on shades, because I do want to touch on lighting. I know you just went down to lighting class. I want to give you a chance to talk about that a little bit before we wrap up. But with shades, one of the things that we have in our demonstration room that is pretty cool is dual rollers. That's correct. Which until we started selling shades, I didn't even know existed. So can you share what a dual roller is and why you use it? A dual roller. It's one roller, but it has two different shades on it. So the back shade is a blackout shade. And the front shade is more sheer. Or is more sheer. And, and why would and so, you use that? So you use it for two different reasons. One, you'd like the privacy or blocking out the light and for visibility from others looking in. That's what the blackout shade is for or heat reduction or keeping the cool. And the other is to limit the damage or create something with the sheer fabric. So by limiting the damage, it also limits the sunlight coming in. But it also does help with the control of the heat and the cool. So a good application for that might be a media room. If you wanted to watch a movie and you still wanted the transparency when you're not watching a movie, but you don't want a full blackout shade. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking like bedroom. Media room or a bedroom. Yeah, I'm thinking like when deal. you go to sleep at night, you close the blackout the would limit the light coming in. And then the shear during the day, you would still have some diffuse light. That would come through. There's also a term I just learned not too long ago that there's blackout and there's room darkening. And I had to research what the difference is. Do you know what the difference is? Transparency. Do you? I do know. <laughs> I do know. Because I actually Did you share it with us. <laughs> so a true blackout has the tracks on the side and the bottom. So with a blackout shade, you actually have like some U channels that are screwed into your window frame on the sides and the bottom. And the shade actually rides, goes inside those tracks. So no light can pierce around it or underneath it when it's closed. A room darkening is without those tracks. So it's still the same shade and it comes down, but there's just a little bit of light that comes in from the side. You're always going to have a little bit of light coming from the sides and the top. Unless you have those channels. Unless you have those channels. Yeah. Yes. So Hunter Douglas uses that term and he didn't know what the term meant. So, Shading, really cool, big part of our business, big part of our growth going forward. But also we've talked a lot in other podcasts about lighting design. And you just recently became a certified lighting designer as well, went down to Dallas. Tell us about what you saw there. So lighting design is extremely exciting topic for me. I've lit through photography for years and I've lit through my interiors doing homes. But now this knowledge has taken me to a whole new level. So with this lighting comes layered lighting. And layered lighting shows the the beauty of the room, architectural details. You have linear lighting, which is a tape lighting, which can be put in a cove ceiling. It can be put just in a ceiling. Like a tray ceiling. Like a tray ceiling. What it does is it highlights all the architectural details. You can use it throughout your kitchen. You can use it anywhere throughout your home. Then you also have your down lighting, which can wash a wall or can wash a surface. So if you have a brick wall or a stone wall and you wash it from above, then you see all the textures and it gives you more depth to your room. Is that similar to, I know that they use down lighting for art. Art. Mm -hmm. Is that So if you were to go into an art gallery and you see all the art or the photography lit, that's the exact same concept. And you were mentioning photography before. I'm asking that, The idea of this lighting is soft, kind of like in photography, whereas a traditional 
can white six inch can that probably a lot of our listeners have in their homes or places of business. Right. It's very hard. It's very directional. It's direct. and That's correct. Yeah. This, the lighting that we're working with now is light filtering. It's very, it brings the romance back into your home. Oh, it's cool. It's a good way to say it. It is. It allows you to enjoy your home with different levels of light at different times during the day. And we show a lot of this in our experience center. One of the things I think is challenging for people to hear and not see is like tape lighting in a cornice molding or inside of a tray where you think, well, if it's eight, nine, 10 feet up in the air and I don't have a light shining down on me, I won't be able to see, which is kind of silly. Once you actually see it, it lights the room tremendously well. It does. It highlights the room. What is the difference between your traditional high voltage cans and the lighting, the certification that you've been working on? Is it low voltage or high voltage? It's low voltage and high voltage. So the back box is high voltage. The light itself is low voltage. So it also has an energy efficiency component It does. Component and it's a more it. controlled light. So it's dimmable. Well, there's three parts to light. There's the intensity is number one, right? There's the time it gets to that intensity, which people sometimes forget, which adds to that elegance. It doesn't just like turn on right. and turn off. It's actually got, you know, maybe six, eight, 10 seconds. You can do a minute if you want it, very gradual. And then you have the temperature of the light, which Correct. is. So it's all controlled. Yeah. Um, the great thing is you can even control the beam spray. And oh, yeah, your, that's another one. Yeah. What's a beam spray? So your traditional can, just the light shines down. Mm-hmm. You can't control where it's going. I mean, you control Think where of it's a flashlight. Going right. So with a controlled light or the beam spray, which is a different lens that you apply to the fixture itself, allows you to control it. So say you're, it's over a piece of furniture. Mm-hmm. You can tighten it down to highlight just the furniture. You can graze the back of a sofa. You can graze the whole seating area. You can highlight a piece of art on a table. And, you can and highlight so that's a what pathway we for doing. walking. Yes. We're actually designing. We are designing specific to the space. That's correct. Which is pretty cool and not unique across the country, but still really new in our area. Is that right? It is right, and it it just brings form and function and beauty to your home. And that's the incredible part about layering with light. Well, really cool. Thanks for the knowledge. We again are showing a lot of the stuff in our experience center, and I am sure that Frederick would love to sit down with any of sit down and show you. (laughs) Michelle, what else do we have before we let Sir Frederick go for the day? Since your background is very diverse as far as your experience goes, what would you say your favorite aspect of home automation might be, like as far as working with us in the new fields that you haven't done before? I love helping and developing theaters and media rooms. You did a home theater not too long ago. Uh, I did. And, and it's, it's gorgeous. It's truly a theater experience. You walk in, we've got multi-leveled flooring. We did kind of like a bowling alley wood treatment on the walls behind the screen. We have a star ceiling that's it's a stretched fabric with lights and it actually looks like a, a starry night. It also has like, is it a constellation or a shooting star? It's a shooting star. A shooting star in it. shoots across the ceiling at random times. That's freaky. It's not freaky. (laughs) It's outstanding. We also have pictures of this. Awesome when you watch Halloween Kills in there. (laughs) The whole room, designing it as a whole, creating a space for the individual client, their family, and their friends is incredible. The sound, the quality of the sound, the quality of the 
You did video some some crowd. lighting in there as well, right? Yes. Did sconces, tape lighting on the floor and the ceiling. Yeah, it came very out cool. beautiful. We also have pictures of that. Well, Frederick, thank you very, very much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more about Sound Vision at soundvisionlakenorman.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Soundvision LKN, Instagram, and Facebook. 